that that people are unaware or can't wrap their minds around this lockstep collusion. It's like when my mom, 2020, and she, my mom was like, but Miri, how can the whole world be in on it? But, you know, being in Costa Rica and seeing how they're in lockstep uh, unfurling, oh, now we're doing community spread. Now we're doing snitch nation. It was absolutely in lockstep. It and it is, it is coordinated. And that goes back to Tavistock and, and how from the very get-go, there was this concerted effort to infiltrate you know, the Committee of 300. Up to 88% of people have dysregulated glucose levels, and most people don't even know it. When your glucose is dysregulated, you may have frequent high spikes in blood sugar with out-of-control hunger, cravings for sweet foods, energy dips, and exhaustion throughout the day, and the worst, stubborn weight gain. This is where the revolutionary new product, Glucose Control, can help. This formula is unique with all-natural plant-based enzymes, organic mushrooms, and probiotics. People have been reporting amazing results. Crystal R says, I can't express how much I love glucose control. It has helped me with weight loss, cravings, and energy. Alan N says, I take two capsules before lunch and I have lost eight pounds without changing my diet. Today, you too can try this amazing formula for only $10 and shipping is free. Better yet, most people see the benefits within just one month. With a money-back guarantee, there's no risk, only upside. Get your stay with the link below or go to sarahwestall.com under shop. Welcome to Business Game Changers. I'm Sarah Westall. I have my friend, Maryam Haneen, investigative journalist. Maryam Haneen coming back to the program. She has just done these incredible reports and she's going to be sharing her latest uh, investigations. And you are going to hear things that you just don't hear elsewhere, that she's a rare breed who still does investigative journalism. And, you know, that's her background. That's her training. She's been doing it her whole life. And when the world changed around her, she's like, wait a minute, I'm, I'm going to still do this. She suffered for it. She's been censored everywhere. They've shut down her businesses practically. They, I mean, she still has her businesses functioning, but I mean, they were multi-million dollar health products that she was getting out there that they've just totally cut it off because they've stopped the traffic going to her site. She still does a decent amount, but not like what she used to. She was the first to bring to the public consciousness the problem with the honeybees, the pollinating all of our food supply, you know, our flowers and, and what that means when they aren't able to pollinate and get out there and how dangerous that is. So she brought that into the human consciousness with her movies, her documentary, and she's done so much since. But we talk in the middle of this show about me taking uh, CBD to help with my anxiety at night. And I just, I open up about how I need this to be able to sleep. It's, it's really when I don't have a ton of anxiety during the day. It's at, it's at night or in the morning when I'm not able to control what I'm thinking. I'm just half awake, half asleep, and I have a ton of anxiety at that point. And so I started taking CBD to deal with that. And man, that made it, I tried a whole bunch of different types of CBD and it didn't work. And then I tried the touchstone one and it really helped me a lot because theirs was such good quality, but they don't sell it anymore. And so that's what I was talking about. And so now I've been looking for a different quality and she has one that she's, she's on the first on the market and she has a really good uh, version of it because, and she explains it, why it's high quality. Plus she has other things and you want to you want to fix this, the problem that's ca it's causing the anxiety in the first place, right? That's what we're trying to get at, but also alleviate that so we can sleep and function. But she explains why we have that. And in the link I have below, she's giving people a 20% discount if people are interested in that product. And so I have a link below if you're interested in getting her CBD and trying it. Um, I highly recommend doing that because there's a huge difference in quality of product. And I personally, cause I've tried all sorts of things and not until I actually had a high quality version that I realized, wow, what a difference that makes. So if you're having a problem with that, perhaps that will help you. Okay. Let's get into my great conversation with my friend, Maryam Hanin. Hi, Maryam. Welcome back to the program. 
Hi, Sarah. You've been doing awesome work. Thank you for having me. Well, that goes to you. You are one of the best journalists out there digging into stuff. You're right over the target and you're, they do not like you. That's why you're so censored. I guess I am too, but you are doing fantastic work. And I wanted to bring you back to talk about what you have been reporting on. And part of that is this missing government document. Can you talk about that a little bit? And then we can dive yes. into, yes, go ahead. So let's set the stage. So in March of this year, February, March, if if the audience recalls, we the government started asking about talking about the origin story. So those of us who suggested three and a half years ago that this wet market is just a front and this was a lab leak, we were censored and gaslit. And then they started talking about it again three and a half years later. Now, the U.S. Senate, I believe it was March, put out a 300-page report that I myself am only on page 100, and it was called Muddy Waters. And that's exactly what they're doing in regards to the proximal origins story. What does that mean by Muddy Waters? Muddy Waters. They they said that they worked with a nonprofit mm -hmm. called Muddy Waters, okay. but I say in my my uh, I have another report that I'm still working on that Muddy Waters is not a blues, just a blues singer anymore. And I think it's uh, it's a little bit of a slight because what is happening when we talk about the proximal origins, it's it's all muddied waters and they are pushing the goalpost away from this wet market, which we knew was malarkey. And they're pushing it slowly to say that there's a lab leak, but it was accidental. And so there was the muddy waters. A lot of people don't know there was this 300 page report. Then fast forward, it's uh, second week, third week of July, the subcommittee, the select subcommittee, the GOP has, has been holding these hearings and they held a hearing in regards to the origins the proximal origins paper that appeared in nature and Christian Anderson, who was the head of the paper and Gary Roberts, another virologist attended this hearing. The hearing was quite tepid and it did not really bring up the role of doctor or I won't even call him Dr. Fauci and um, Jeremy Farrar of the Welcome Trust. He was with the Welcome Trust. Now he's chief officer of the World Hoax Organization. So they underplayed their roles and the hearing just had no teeth. Following the hearing, they put out a scathing 55-page report, which is what we'll go into today. And less than 24 hours later, they deleted the entire report. Yeah, that's what I want to get to. That's because of what was in that report was scathing. So explain why, what scathing means. Right. So we can go, we can go through it. And I called the government and my three three-part report on the on Dr. Tenpenny's Tenpenny Review, um, formerly known as Vaxter, goes into the minutiae and goes into highlight some of these slack and email messages that are completely explosive and scathing. So perhaps we can start with, um, I can show the phone call or we can show the article and go through some of the, uh, some of the. Yeah. Well, bombastic. let's start. Okay. Well, I'll, sh I'll uh, so the audience can see it and the people who are listening just on audio, we can talk through it more. Yeah. And I want to, while you're pulling that up, tell people, people will have chastised me of like, why are you paying attention to the origins? It's all a psyop. This is really about a um, bioweapon or nanotech. The, the thing is this, and what I say is, you know, Sarah, when you are told polio vaccine saved millions of lives or smallpox vaccine, what they did with those storylines and those narratives is exactly what they are doing with the proximal origins. They are in real time rewriting history. And so now 20 years from now, people will say this was safe and effective. They will not know the ins and outs of the fact that this was never in a wet market. This did not happen because a pangolin um, infected someone. And 
So, and I'll look at it over here too. So why should this matter? And what are they saying in, in what did they say in the hearing? That we need to know the truth for the next one, for the next one, for the next one. We are being prompted. We know that there's a next one, whatever that next one will be. And if a so-called virus with less than 1% fatality entirely toppled our world, what is going to happen when they put out something that has a higher mortality rate? There's no shortage of bioweapons that, that they have access to. These virus hunters have been um, synthesizing and messing with viruses for a very long time. And this proximal origins paper, which was a fraud, was positioned as peer-reviewed study. And in fact, after the hearing, and for those who got to read the scathing 55-page report, they tried to retract the paper in Nature. And the people at Nature stood by their this, this paper, but they're saying that it was commentary and a letter. And that is absolutely not the way it was positioned. So while they were gaslighting us and telling us that we are conspiracy theorists. Uh, Christian Anderson was actually telling um, his posse that this is not a fringe theory. So he goes to Fauci and um, says, wow, there's something going on. This, this looks like it's engineered. And Fauci actually says, oh yeah, well take it up with MI6 or take it up with the FBI. I believe, and, and others, I interviewed Sam Husseini, who's an independent journalist who's been covering the origins story, who also agreed that it was a threat. Like, oh, yeah, see what happens if you go to to uh, the intelligence community. So basically, the truth is starting to come out and they're trying to bury it. And you're trying to show the journalism to show that because so many of us already know that it was you know, probably a bioweapon. We came out right away and said that Fauci is now, I just published Fauci's admitting that uh, lockdowns is a great tool to forcibly vaccinate people. So <laughs> even said that is just crazy. So, I mean, obviously the agenda was to get everybody vaccinated because that's, you know, that's been planned for a long time, but this is coming out that they actually generated whether it was leaked or on purpose, it was in a lab. My understanding is it's not the first one that's come out of a lab. I mean, it's a lot of these are coming out of a lab that are, have affected us. So what are you, the scathing report essentially is telling us all this and they're trying to cover it up. Right. Absolutely. And I was going to say, well, why, why should any, anyone care? Well, this paper in nature was highly accessed. It was accessed almost 6 million times. It set the stage and dictated the actions that would follow based on the fact um, that this happened in a, a wet market and that none of us were safe. And yes, there's been other leaks. I'm just doing a story now on Fort Diedrich and looking at God, all, all the leaks that occurred um, in that instance as well. One, one thing I was going to also say, so the Senate report came out and before this hearing, the intelligence communities put out a 10-page unclassified report, but it had no classified information to begin with. What do they agree? They agree that this is not deliberate and that this was not, um, this was not a bioweapon. And I think many of your people in your audience and you and I would would disagree with that. Well, and the reason why we disagree with it, let's just be be honest here, let's be is because their behavior shows that they were ready to go with a worldwide implementation of a vaccine. So they were ready for it. They were prepping it with the prep act and their simulations and all this stuff. So their behavior shows that. Yes. Yes, their behavior shows that, and we don't trust them. And we knew that a vaccine was coming. Um, and I think that it was co-invented along at the same time as uh, whatever, mm -hmm. sorry. I think it was co-invented at the same time of this virus. And, and 
I've concluded now that I think all these viruses are synthetic and, and man-made and messed messed with. Um, so we, we can get to show that. Yeah, yeah. Right. I a, mean, throughout history, all these big plagues and stuff, including eggs and all these things were manipulated in a lab. Yeah, yes. Um, we we can, um, if you want, we can play the call to the government. Yeah, let's uh, do that. It's by the grace of God at around 11 o'clock at night. I'm like, I think I'm going to save this report. And the next day when I went to the government site, not to the PDF, and it was a 404, I was like, what? And then like refresh. I'm like, are you kidding me? They deleted this document. Hi there. I am a journalist and I was reading the um, proximal origin paper yesterday and just wondering why it's been removed. Uh, removed from our website? Yeah. Um, I don't know exactly right now, but can I put you on a brief hold and I'll figure out the reason? Sure, thank you. Alright, thank you so much. Thank you. Apparently, I think our website had a little bit of a malfunction, but I'll be sure to bring that up and I think it will be uh, fixed relatively soon. Oh, okay. Thank you. Yeah, Thank no you. Bye-bye. Bye. So they don't I mean, know why. Oh. Well, yeah, they said it was a malfunction and it's still not up and it will never be up again. No, it's not going to come back up. So we I can we can go to the next one and I, okay. I I I'll be careful I won't. Yeah, the music that's funny. I it sounded like <laughs> you got to be kidding. They had this music playing? No. Okay, what would you want me to do next? The whichever one is in 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 a row in the list, anyone I can. All right, so if we go into the image, basically, so Dr. Anderson goes to um, Fauci. Dr. Anderson is uh, with Scripps. He's the lead author, and he says well, there's distinct aspects of this virus. There's the receptor binding domain and of course the furin cleavage site. And, found, and Anderson also found a paper written by Ralph Barrick, who is known for humanized his humanized mice um, experiments and Sheng Li, she, which is known as the bat lady. And, and in this paper purported to have inserted the furin cleavage sites into SARS. So, as recounted by Dr. Farrar, this was a how-to manual for building the Wuhan coronavirus in a laboratory. And then Dr. Eddie Holmes, who's another author on this paper, also a virologist, says, F, this is bad. And oh my God, what was worse words than that? And when he called Dr. Farrar, he actually, it says that he called Dr. Farrar on his burner phone. So these scientists just like you and me, Sarah, have burner phones. And, and this uh, was in the scathing report. And this is yes. why they took it down. Yeah. So while they're gaslighting us, so behind the scenes, they they hold a conference, a private conference, um, I believe January 1st. And that's when they decide you know, they start talking and then they, they were communicating via Slack. And in fact, they submit the paper to Nature. And one of the people at Nature says that it doesn't discount the lab leak enough. So they have to go back to the drawing board. And again, this is this is established in 45 days as a peer-reviewed study when it's really a commentary and a letter. We can move on to... Yeah, to it's all BS. They're just... It's uh, all BS. It's BS and it's being yes. uncovered and they're trying to figure out how to keep it BS or keep it covered, I mean. Okay, can you see this now? Yes. There we go. So, Explain yeah, we what can this go, thing is. We can go through them quite quickly. So they under undermined um, the role of Jeremy Farrar and Fauci, right? So in this article, in this um, email, it says, sorry to micromanage, microedit. And this is, this is the ministry of truth, vaporizing meanings, words. So instead of unlikely, improbable. So it, this just shows 
that he was involved. He definitely was voicing his edits. And when you change, as you know, Sarah, you write, you change the word, you change the word, you change the word. Next thing you know, you change the meaning of that's things. That's right. And, and so that's what this this shows. We can zip through them. Okay, so. What do we got here? So this is again from Christian Anderson. Thanks, Claire. Claire is... Um, over at Nature Magazine. And basically this interaction is like back to the drawing board. This isn't good enough. So once the authors publish their new pangolin sequences, a lab origin will be extremely unlikely. So in other words, making steps towards discounting lab origin. We want to discount, we want to gaslight, we want to make people believe that just like in the script Contagion, this began in a wet market. So had that been the case, we would have, of course, have included that. But the more sequences we see from pangolins, um, the more unlikely it seems that they're intermediate hosts. So this disproves what they were telling us, that a pangolin is an intermediate host. They definitely harbor SARS-CoV, like viruses, no doubt, but it's unlikely they have a direct connection to the COVID-19 epidemic. Unfortunately, none of this helps refute a lab origin, and the possibility must be considered as a serious scientific theory and not dismissed out of hand as another conspiracy theory. We all really, really wish that we could do that. But unfortunately, it's not just possible. It's not possible given the data. So here they are. It's 20th of February. They're grappling with what they're going to do behind the scenes and admitting that what they've presented or what they've gathered so far doesn't discount a lab origin, which is the goal. So how is this science? You know, when when you read the skating report, the entirety of the 55 pages, and it's like almost, you know, I believe like, are we living in a simulation? Are we living in a bad Hollywood movie? And what what were these guys doing? In another in another instance, Christian Anderson even says this will basically guarantee his tenure. And oh, maybe you recall that a couple of months after the lab, the Nature magazine, um, the Nature article came out, that Christian Anderson was awarded, um, I believe, $9 million or so in grants. Well, during the hearing, he says that it had nothing to do, that the grant was in motion and had nothing to do with the fact that he was initially saying, this is, wow, this looks like a, a lab leak in three days pivoted and changed his mind after having a conversation with Fauci. There are so many supplements out there, it's confusing what's best for optimizing your health. Beyond getting your basic nutrition, if there's one vital ingredient for optimal health, it's carbon 60. Why? Because carbon 60 is the world's most effective supplement at reducing inflammation and increasing longevity. Inflammation is a major contributing factor of almost all disease, including Alzheimer's, asthma, cancer, heart disease, obesity, and COVID vaccine injury. If you are serious about your health, try Carbon 60. Be careful though, not all Carbon 60 supplements are equal. I recommend Carbon 60 by Live Longer Labs, the scientists who first brought you Carbon 60 that was suitable for human consumption. They were also first to bring you Carbon 60 in pill form, first to incorporate black seed oil and curcumin, and first to incorporate frequency technology that gives you full spectrum health. You can be confident that you will be buying the absolute best. Buy or learn more with the link below or go to sarahwessel.com under shop. It's just crazy that they're, I mean, they, we all, we know it's just, they're covering up the proof so that nobody can nail them. Now, what, did you get a copy of that report, yes, the skating report? Yeah. And I, I should um, offer it and you make a note to offer, offer the report. Maybe, maybe, I don't know if it's best to open that instead of, but although I I've highlighted here. So I'll just go over a couple of points. As I said, this nature paper, which dictated the narrative and dictated the way we would act 
was accessed 5.84 million times. It was used unequivocally to rule out the possibility of COVID-19 as coming from a lab leak and had an enormous impact on both the scientific community and the popular press. It spurred hundreds of headlines declaring the idea of an artificial virus emerging from the lab complex Wuhan impossible, even a conspiracy theory. Um, they just now, are making stuff up whole cloth. I mean, they, they're just covering it up and making things up. That's all they're doing. It's just incredible how they do that. I mean, this is what criminals do. They just cover up their tracks, lie, make things up, and then bury the evidence. Yeah, and walk away. And that's what you're uncovering. Who are the who are the Bethesda boys? So the Bethesda boys are Francis Collins, NIH, and the Fouchster, who I call the pandemic impresario. But they call them the Bethesda boys? So the other the other men that the other scientists are referring to the Bethesda boys. They talk about uh, Ralph Barrick. They they call him. They refer to him as um, over at Ego Health Alliance. Then they talk about um, like for instance, I don't know if you know this this name Ian Lipkin. So Ian Lipkin, they added his name. And they say that they added his name just for gravitas. So he wasn't on the actual call. So here you have his name. It'll bolster. It'll it'll give some credence to our BS report. Um, that that's the kind of um, you know conversations that they're having. So, well, let me ask you. This is really you're exposing what they're obviously what they're trying to cover up. This is on Sherry Tenpenny's site. And at the time that you expose this and put it on her site, your three parts, they are trying to take away her license right after you put this up. Do you think that there's any relation to this report on her site and, and her being, they're trying to go after her license? Well, that I, I, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, um, Doc, to Tenpenny has been at this uh, way before the Rona regime. I mean, was she talking about it? Just the timing is exactly the timing that you did all this on her site. Yesterday, there was a, a space in um, to to bring awareness and raise funds for Dr. Tenpenny. And so Do- uh, Mickey Willis and Dr. Brian Artis and um, Dr. Jane Ruby and many uh, of us on the who have been on the front lines held the space to try to bring awareness and raise funds for Dr. Tenpenny because they're they're threatening to take her license. But I was saying she's, I mean, she's been at this for a long time, and I don't know exactly what prompted the latest um, attacks. And I think a lot of us, I say that they tailor their torture to the person. It's very subtle, the ways in which they mess with people. And we know enough people who have been messed with in different ways. And so from the outside, it's kind of hard to tell why that's true. You know, they're they're yeah. terrorizing the person, but they are. I know a lot of whistleblowers who over the years who are broken, which is very sad because they've been um, abused and harassed for so long that they they're broken and it's like really Mark Gill sad. I saw you know you did a great interview with with Mark Gill right he's oh, Mike Gill yeah Mike, Mike Gill sorry he comes to mind as someone who's broken and totally has PTSD well I'm, I'm sure I mean he's living out of his car when I talked to him he had a phone that was only good for 24 hours or something and he was living out of his car and he wouldn't let anybody know where he was at and I just talked to him on the phone because that was all we had. I mean, he's he's in the middle of it right now or PTSD hiding out. I don't know. You know, they get paranoid. That's part of being broken because they have been harassed and bullied for so long that they become paranoid. And, um, you know, he's not the first. There's a lot of whistleblowers that people who've had strokes, people who are, you know, it's 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 hard for them. They they all, a lot of these people have been um abducted and beaten and then now they're worried that they're going to be taken at any time i mean it's just you know they got the death threats being a whistleblower is something right. that's um 
it's real, but they're doing it because they can't, it's worse to stay silent than to do it because there's so many people that are dying from the behavior that they're trying to expose. Yeah. I, I, I believe, you know, targeted individuals as someone, me, who, who believes that I've been targeted and, um, you know, I, I was in an Uber the other day and, uh, I was speaking to the guy and said, you know, I've been debanked. I'm banned on Venmo, Vimeo, PayPal, Amazon, Instacart, Airbnb. And it's like, he was like, what? So there's not enough education. And for those of us who had courage to speak out, and I was also thinking of a t-shirt that's intentionally silent. So many people were intentionally silent. Now, I'm not going to fault them or judge them because maybe they were less foolish than me. Um, well, I wouldn't say that. I just think, I just think there's roles for all of us. And I think some of them just have no courage. Other people are, I know I have whistleblowers. I'm talking not yet whistleblowers, but people on the inside who are collecting evidence who are ready to go forward and pretty damning evidence. And so there's people with courage that are waiting and are doing things or working from the inside. And then there's people who go along with it and have zero courage. And all they're doing is enabling it. I don't consider those people smarter than you. Yeah, well, but, you know, can they pay their bills? All I'm saying is, uh, yeah, I believe I agree with you, Sarah. Everybody has, you know, their karma and dharma and hopefully their purpose that they're living out. And, you know, I had someone say to me, why did you, why were you so vocal? And I said, don't you remember it was a different time three years ago? We had something called freedom of speech. Like the fact that, like, I was just speaking out that there's an elephant in the room. I wasn't thinking that I was being heroic or courageous. Somebody actually asked you that, like, why would you be so vocal like that yeah. like in this country, you know, where, so they've, they, they've gotten to the point where they accept the oppression. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I mean, that's I, what I that think, is. Yeah. You're absolutely right. And, and it was only after it was only after that I was like, but dude, the climate, the atmosphere was, was this was pre-Rona. It wasn't a courageous act. We knew, like, think about it, Sarah. It was never, we were never going to take the vaccine, the vaccine. We, we were, we were afraid, or I won't speak for you, but I was afraid of the surveillance. I was afraid of the encroaching of our constitutional rights. And I saw the writing on the wall having covered other vaccines. And I, I say, you know, for Dr. Tenpenny, I did a, a report on Samoa and that in October, 2019, they mass vaccinated 200,000 people in 30 days by literally going door to door. And if you didn't get your measles vaccine, you had to put a red handkerchief outside. Could, could you imagine? And so we knew that this was coming Mind you, we didn't know it was going to be coronavirus, but those of us who've been covering vaccine safety knew something was coming down the pipeline. But it's amazing how, you know, less than, well, less than five years later, and now it's already like, didn't you know not to say? I, I imagine the scene in, in 1984, Winston is in the corner trying to write in his journal without being seen. Um, and that we're we're still we're still going down that pathway, and we tried to tell people. I tried to tell people in 2018, Roseanne Barr today, you tomorrow. That now the next the next stage after censorship is after going after your ways to to make money. Um, That's what they're doing in, now. They're yeah, like you've been debanked, and a lot of people have been debanked. But you know, we're not quite where England is, where they've had thousands of people debanked you know, people they don't agree with, or that. it's like what Mao did, except they went out and they killed the the people who were professors and thinkers and people like us. Um, but now they're the pre-stage of that where they're debanking or they're censoring, then they're debanking. And if we don't push this back, the next step is to just, you know, I don't think we're there yet. I think we're still more, but I, the cowardness of people like your friend who said, why would you speak up? that is more chilling because they've come to accept it. Yeah. And it was really like an admonishment against me. Like, don't you know better? Like, you know, and, and in retrospect, 
seeing what I've lost and I never wanted to harm my company. And so I was stripping myself away from my own company because I was harming it indirectly because big tech was punishing me. Um, it's very, it's very difficult. Um, like for instance, I have another company and I'm trying to sell it and I, I find myself having to educate people. And first off, like I'm asking, like, where do you stand? Do you believe in medical freedom before I even engage with them? Um, because I want to be on the same page. Anybody that still thinks this is safe and effective when it's caused more harm than all vaccines, this is not even a vaccine put together. And I'm on Twitter spaces and I'm consulting with people that are vaccine injured every single day. And it breaks my heart. In fact, my, my mom is vaccine injured and her husband, I didn't, all of a sudden she told me, he's, he's falling down. He has scoliosis. Mm. And this was about a month ago. And I said, mommy, you, I've never heard him. I've never heard you say that he has scoliosis. So I, I started looking in, in dysautonomia, basically losing balance. And he just had brain surgery because they had to relieve the pressure of the hematobes. Basically, he basically has, um, clots in his brain and because his son is a doctor he's gotten four boosters my mom and stopped at two after she was injured but because her his son is a doctor he does everything his son right so and how his, can his he... son is clueless he's a doctor totally. a clueless doctor so is that your is that your father or your father and no. like somebody who your mom got remarried my stepdad yeah your stepdad so yeah. and they have have they connected the dots at all that this is vaccine injury injury from vaccine my mom my mom my mom has i actually found a functional medicine doctor in ottawa and i i set up um i set up a, a consult and i told my mom i said mommy how are you gonna how are you gonna solve this when nobody acknowledges what the actual problem is like how are you gonna troubleshoot this and i heard him before the surgery and I'm clairaudient. And I, I said, mommy, he doesn't have very much time. And on top of that, mm -hmm. as an aside, he has a he has a pacemaker. And the defibrillator, there was a recall on the defibrillator. So he already had a heart condition. And he's unable to walk now. He has to use a walker. Anyway, you know, we tried. We tried. I tried. You tried. We tried to warn people. We did. I mean, we did everything we could to warn people during that time that, you know, you, I'm moving on because there's not much more I can right. do. I'm right. educating people on um, where you can get help for being injured, but I'm, 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 I'd got to get past it because if Absolutely. people are still clueless, then you, you just have to, you have to move on. And there's so many yes. more issues that we have and so I'm getting into some creative things, you know, covering things that are just fun to talk to, too, you know, but our history, I love the history stuff or new science, stuff like that. But I, because it's just too overwhelming, if people right. are still that clueless, then, you know, I have to move on, I have to create something yeah. new, and yes, and let them still be there. But we we just can't we can only do what we can do and we got to move on. You know, it's hard though, once your own family members that are injured and dying, you can't really move on people who have children that are injured. I mean, it's not, it's a luxury to move on for me because a lot yeah. of people can't. Yeah. Yes. Um, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm moving on. I created, um, I don't know if we can show the ebook, but I mean, I, I was commissioned almost two years ago now to put, um, to put together a protocol, a collection of protocols. And I am pivoting to use my degree in functional medicine and work one-on-one -on -one with people that are injured whether or people who have an autoimmune condition, people that deal that have dealt with mold or think that they're dealing with mold, given I've reversed lupus, um, given that I, I stand to empower, inspire, and educate people. So there are ways you can improve. And so I feel instead of putting my neck out and um, risking, I've risked a lot. Yeah, that's the ebook. So this was, you know, every single day we learn more about this uh, jab from hell. And um, so this was quite a while ago, but it's a collection 
of uh, protocols. So people who don't know what functional medicine is, functional medicine really is the future of medicine where we look at the root cause. So if I was working with someone, I would create a timeline. I would even look at, were you vaginally born? Were you, did you grow up taking antibiotics? Really understand and use my investigative skills to, um, to figure out what's going on. And I'm a big fan of tests. I work with different doctors depending on where the person where the person lives, but I feel that you can always improve your condition. Unfortunately, or fortunately, the easiest, but the hardest thing to do is to change the way we eat. That's the number one thing that you can do. It is hard. <laughs> it's hard. It is hard. I like crappy food. <laughs> <laughs> if you get the food Nazi, the food Nazi will set you straight. I know, and, but and... I like crappy food. No, I'm probably better than <laughs> like 90% of the people out there, but I still have my crappy food I eat at times because I like it. But go ahead. Yeah, I I um I am a food Nazi and I, I'm I um will put you in your place and be that discipline that you need. But I think it's more so understanding also why we reach for that crappy food. Like I was doing a consult with someone and she reaches out for a, a reward, a treat. So I talked to her like, well, where does that come from? So the, the, the coaching is steeped in positive psychology and it's about helping someone make the changes or understand why they have certain habits. And let's Let's not forget sugar is very addictive and uh, it, it is, it's very addictive. And, well, and I got off sugar for a while. You know, I was on this, I'm going to break my sugar habit. And my daughter, <laughs> this is when she was in high school. She like dropped a couple Skittles in the backseat of the car and I had to go back in and go get it. And there was two Skittles on the backseat. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> God, was it a while you Skittles. hadn't had sugar? I felt like I was like a cocaine right? addict grabbing the flipping well, Skittles. Right. Well, it is, it's, it's as sugar is as strong of an addiction as cocaine. I was giving a talk at Hippocrates Institute years ago when my B movie came out. And so I was there as a guest and, you know, my, my, they weren't paying me, but they were allowing me to stay in this 4,000 a week um, place where people go have cancer and there's no sugar, there's sprouts, there's, it's vegan. And there was one woman in the pool and she said, that she basically got on her bike and escaped and went to a, a, a gas station and got a Coca-Cola and a Snickers. Well, she's paying $4,000 a week. And just like that, if you have candida, you can have one morsel of sugar and it'll just start all over again. You're back to square one. And a lot of times when I'm doing consults, it's actually I'll say it's like the critters are the ones who are talking right now. It's not really you. You're trying to give me excuses as to why you need, you know, you need this snack, but it's really sugar. So anyway, the point here is that the easiest but hardest thing to do is, is food. And arguably, Sarah, the food is, um, is, is taking a deep dive as well. It's becoming yeah. harder and harder to find to find food. Um, even I'm in, I'm in South beach right now. And, uh, you know, I'm going to go to a farmer's market, I think on Sunday to check it out. But that's one of the reasons I had gone to Costa Rica because they, you could feel the energy in the food. They love their organic food. And, um, it's still, it's still blessed food and food is sacred. And it, it's sad, you know, even with a peel now, even organic is not safe, you know? Yeah. I mean, we just got to do the best we can. That's why it's good to take, you know, the pure body detox and, and, you know, do the things, talk to people. Like you have people really have issues. I mean, could you consult with people? Do you, can people hire that's you? That's what I do. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's how you make your money really. Right. So people can go to your website and consult with you mm -hmm. and you can help them through yes. basic problems. So how do they reach you then? So you're going to go on my website and you could see book. Um, you can even do just a 15 minute and it's like, I think $35 or an hour, depending my, my uh, definitely food and mold autoimmune and now vaccines is kind of, but I'm a big, big fan of detox and I'm a big fan of detox. I, I haven't done a coffee enema cause I, I've got injured and I've been, um, 
not been in my own space, but I, I usually do them once a week. And that's one of the biggest ways I reversed lupus. When I say reverse lupus, you have um, anti-nuclear antibodies and mine were off the charts at 640 and the range is between zero and 64. And I brought it back down by doing, doing that, doing um, enemas, doing glutathione, doing vitamin C infusions, even the vitamin C infusions. I tell people, you better ask them where it's sourced because they're actually putting genetically modified corn from China into people's arms and passing it off as vitamin C. They are. So it's not even vitamin C. So it's like, they don't even know what they're giving you. People think they're getting vitamin C and they're not. They're getting GMO corn from China. And so they just don't feel good with it. It's not helping them. And if making me maybe feel, making them feel worse. Well, how do you know though? How do you know? You know, you think you're getting high quality, they sell it as high quality vitamin C and, you know, highly absorbable and you're getting just junk. So how do you know? So, so how I found out is I had, um, a, I almost died with Steven Johnson, which is a skin condition after taking antibiotics. I'm not able to take any antibiotics. So I went to a shishi clinic in Florida and I, I sat down and I, I remember asking, why is your vitamin C um, like white? It's not yellow. And she goes, oh, we use a, a oat straw color. So then I got a, a, the allergic reaction and got worse. And yep. only months later, I asked, I asked a colleague and they're like, it's, they're sourcing it from China. So now fast forward, I was in St. Augustine. I called the clinic. I wanted to go do an infusion. And I said, where do you source your vitamin C from? I don't know. You need to call the pharmacy. So I called the compounding pharmacy and they're like, it's, we're sourcing it from China. And they got, they're like, well, if you don't like it, don't come to us. And I'm like, that's not the point. You guys are supposed to be the good guys. You're putting corn from China. So I go on to Yelp and I leave a review. Sarah, the next day they paid and they removed my review. Like, what's the point of Yelp? They literally removed my review. So how do you know? Because I I would think that China's not everything from China is not bad. I mean, China as a country is, is risky, but not everything is bad. I mean, cause I right. was at China and they have some good stuff. You know, they're not, a, they're, they got great people. They got a lot of Eastern medicine. They got, I went into their pharmacies and they got all this Eastern medicine on the walls. They have good right. people there. It's of just course. some of their business practices are pretty corrupt. So it, it when I'm I just want to say I don't want to bash China because I no would, it's I not know. even the China but, is but not even how, the bad part but yeah no but so how do you know you ask them you ask them and hopefully they know I mean I know where I source all my things on Honey Colony like either I I'm but I if vet. it comes from China how do we know right. well, okay it comes from China but how do you know this is authentic vitamin C for example even if it comes well, from China how do right. you know well, that. I, I would say, uh, when was the last time you heard, get your daily dose of corn for that vitamin C? No, what, but how did you know it was corn? I mean, you know, just. Well, you, you ask, you, you ask, you, you ask, it's a lot of the vitamin C is corn. I'm just saying I wouldn't, there's other sources and, uh, I don't know them offhand now. I think cherry is another form of, um, ascorbic acid. Oh, but, I see. Okay. So instead of corn, yeah. you want to get it from like a cherry or from a yeah. orange yes, or something, right? Right. Yes. And I don't know what, as far as infusions, where like I take vitamin C every day because I'm healing now my adrenals. I have literal exhaustion and it's a real thing. Cortisol spikes. And I know someone that had Addison's and I know someone else who had okay. Cushing's. So if you get a cortisol spike, I think that's a problem for a lot of people. Yes. What is the best solution? Vitamin C will just take vitamin or do you need to have infusions of it? Can you just take pills or do you have to get injection? Uh, I think IV is always the best because it goes into the blood. If not, I mean, I sell liposomal vitamin C. I often take Dr. Mercola's liposomal vitamin C. I'm taking, um, doing about 4,000 um, 4,000 milligrams a day of vitamin C. And you think that's the best to reduce cortisol versus some of this anti-stress and some of the other things. No, no, I I think it's a combination of things. It's, it's actually, 
Um, some people will say, I mean, vitamin C is very good for the adrenals. I'm also taking, I'm taking a, a fermented ginseng and uh, I'm taking adaptogens like cordyceps, like ashwagandha. But I mean, every person is different. Like um, I'm taking I, this calming yeah. CBDC, you know, that I got, yeah. or not CBDC, that's the, the banking thing. <laughs> CBD, yeah. that's the banking. I think um, yes. you're talking to a business person, but no, the calming uh, CBD and I get it for my touchstone. And I just started taking it this week. And I'm like, oh man, this is the best thing that I've ever, for some reason, it's called soothing that they sell. And this is probably the best. I've tried all sorts of things. And I started this week and it was the number one thing that worked for me. I, could, I would like to know, is like, it is have a blend? He's like worried about me because I can't, it only happens when I'm sleeping. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Because I, when I I'm take awake, CBD I, to sleep. It is, it is phenomenal. Yeah, but it, really I, it, but I've taken a lot of different CBDCs or CBDCs. I'm I would a lot like of to currency. see you, I would a lot like of to see the formula to, to yeah. understand if they put GABA in it or if it's liposomal. I'll let you see and, it. I don't know exactly, but all I know okay. is that this one worked for me. You know, it's like, okay, this is working. And so now it's becoming another thing that I'm going to be doing all the time. But when you find something it's that works it. for you, yeah. Like, okay. It, and it's not for me, the stress isn't really through the day as much as it is at night because I, t I tell people at night, cause you know, you get so many of your ideas when you're dreaming yeah. and, and so you're, you get all those and you're kind of like in a, you're not awake and you're not quite asleep, but that's the time that I can't control my stress. Mm -hmm. or, and that's when I feel it the most. It's like, I just get this bombardment of stuff and I can't control it. Whereas as soon as I'm awake, it starts to really calm down. So I don't know if it's, I don't know why. So it's basically you're saying that you have um, ruminations or your, your, your mind, you can't shut it off. That, yeah. Or something, my whole body goes into the stress mode when I'm like in that sleep, half asleep, half awake thing. I used to be able to solve all my problems in that mode. And now I just get all this stress in that mode. <laughs> like, what no, the hell is going on? And the CBD is helping me like so much. So. Yeah. Because we have a cannabinoid system and it communicates with our system and it's like an adaptogen and it, it, it'll go and do what it needs and you need the entourage effect, but it's beautiful. CBD is, uh, is a beautiful it's great, but it's not all of them. They're not all made equally no, not. because I've no, tried because a bunch a lot, and it's not. Because a lot of them are distilled. A lot of them don't have the entourage effect of um, all the profile of the cannabinoids. They distill them. I mean, I know because I've gotten, I went through hell in 2016 as well. Literally one of the first to sell CBD in the online space. Um, and then January 6th, they dismantled my processor for no absolute reason. That's because just crazy. You've been nailed. I mean, you really have been. And you had a multi-million dollar business that they took down. They destroyed you, um, which is just really, you know, I wrote this article called Unpersoned in America. Yeah. And, you know, about my own yeah. journey, which yes. so many of us have shared. I mean, it overlaps with so many of us. I didn't, I wasn't unbanked. I was a little, I'm experiencing a little bit of that but not like you were, I was, I was just unpersoned everywhere, lost my, my monthly income, you know, lost everything within a two month period. And I, you know, I quickly restarted, but it was pretty, it, it's the, it's the collusion. It's the yeah. organized effect that they did across all these platforms, all these companies all at once showed an, an organization behind the scenes. And that was what was so scary. You know, and that's yeah. what um, Patrick Wood told me, you know, Patrick Wood, he's so great. He just you know, yeah. had a heart attack and now he had a stroke and he's struggling. He's coming, he almost died. He's re trying to regain his speech. I didn't know he had a, had yes, a he's, he's, he's recovering. Um, but he told me, he spoke at our conference of free speech. He, he just yeah. came out of a heart attack and he was like, Sarah, I'm going to speak at this because it's so important. Mm -hmm. And he, um, couple weeks after his heart attack, he made it, he made, it was the only thing he did. He made sure he spoke at that conference on free speech that I put on, Aww. but now then he had this. And so we, we promote his stuff. But one of the things he said to me when we talked beforehand is he goes, what made me drop almost everything to do this, the free speech stuff is that once I realized it was a coordinated takedown 
of all the people who, you know, of the people like us who don't agree with them. And it was all these platforms all at once. That's when I knew it was something a lot more serious because if it's just Google or just YouTube or just one company or a couple companies, it's not, you know, they kind of do it on their own at different times. It's different than a total coordinated effort all at the same time. That is pretty serious. Absolutely. I think um, the fact that people are unaware or can't wrap their minds around this lockstep collusion it's like when my mom 2020 and she my mom is like but Miri how can the whole world be in on it but you know being in Costa Rica and seeing how they're in lockstep uh, unfurling oh now we're doing community spread now we're doing snitch nation it was absolutely in lockstep and it is it is coordinated and that goes back to Tavistock and and how from the very get-go there was this concerted effort to infiltrate, you know, the committee of 300. And so the Tavistock started in 1913 um, after the creation of the federal reserve between 1913 and 1921 with the Milner group, the Rothschilds, the Rockefellers and put into motion. And, and I think, you know, when I learned that, Oh, the counterculture is a, is a psyop and, ta- and um, Beatles was a psyop and Woodstock was a psyop. You know, I had a couple of days of cognitive dissonance, but to really educate and tell people, you know, Sarah, we, I mean, I won't speak for you, but I I was a Democrat or thought I was a Democrat. And then all this hate towards orange man before 2017 really like pushed me away. And in the end, the people, the conservatives were or Trump represented we the people and the constitution, but I was still entertaining that this was political theater. And and now I, I just I have to see beyond this left right paradigm. That's right. And the I think a lot right of paradigm us- is destroying us right now. And I, I wish we could get back to what he represents though, trying to get to the, the constitution, trying to do we, the people trying to make America first, all those things. That's important. I mean, that used to be what everybody believed in. I mean, when, right. when do you care about your neighbor versus your own family? I, you know, it's like, I, I care about my neighbor too, but I got to make sure we take care of my family first. And then I, I'm in a situation to take care of my neighbor. It's like when you're on a plane, they always say, take care of your own oxygen mask first before you take care of your own kids. Because if you can't take care of yours, you're not going to be there for your kid. And that's the, those kinds of things. I mean, I would put my, my kids and everybody else in front of me with my family, but yeah. that's the point is your family first, your, your country first i mean i don't know why that's so hard to understand it used to be common thought right but look at the rona regime has separated so many i mean look my my dad he says he's a christian and he's not speaking to me why because of because of the rona because he worked for pfizer I, i don't i don't know um but a lot of this this uh Rona regime has broken up a lot of families and it's very unfortunate. It's very well, unfortunate. I, um, I grew up in a Christian environment, very, you know, we yeah. have a Christian worldview and my family was, you know, my mom's a Eucharistic minister. My husband's father was a deacon in the Catholic church, but I I'm the first to tell you that a lot of people who claim that they're Christians are very closed minded and um, just as closed minded as the, other side that despises Christians. If you're going to be a Christian, you need to accept, love people and accept people and work through your differences. You don't, you don't do that. There's so much, so many behaviors. And if if you don't believe one thing that I, you know, if you don't believe every single thing that I believe from a Christian standpoint, because I know it all, then you're going to hell. I've had Christians who are supposed to Christians because I didn't believe in in one aspect that they believed in. I just interpreted it different or I see it differently. You're going right. to, they think you're going to hell. It's like, who made them the authority on everything? They, you know, when it comes to how to interpret things, the people that in my life who are the most Christian, who I have a lot of Christian friends, people who have been ordained ministers and maybe have got, not really doing that, but still have that as a foundation. Some of the most, um, who, who, who have the strongest core of what it's about are probably my closest 
you know, the people I probably love the most. I mean, the close, mm-hmm. not love the most. I try to love everybody who are my closest uh, friends. Close. Yeah, I trust the most because they have that strong core and the, all the periphery stuff, because we don't really know all that's anyways and interpretation, all that they let go as long as the core is really strong. Right. I mean, being a, a good person, I think that's also right. taking responsibility and saying, sorry, we're all human. And that is how we learn through making mistakes. And Jesus um, taught forgiveness. So to me, to be in your heart, to have love. I mean, even, you know, with all these people who are wearing masks and um, just doing my job, like try to have compassion for them. And I vacillate between like disdain and having compassion for them. And that's that's all of our own personal work. I mean, having almost died, I believe in trying to be the best version of myself and wanting to be in service, asking God, please use me. Um, we don't know who we touch, you know, with, with, you know, word or phrase or a gesture, but regardless, this Rona regime, um, the amount of friends and family that I lost is is really surprising because we should agree to disagree. Like you said, you shouldn't have a Christian friend ban, you know, banish you because you're not uh, seeing, you know, we, we used to agree to disagree. We used to be civil with one another, right? Well, and it's not, you have to agree with everything I think and believe because I'm the authority of all thought. And if you don't agree with what I think, then you're going to hell or the vice versa with the, the way the left thinks that you're, you need to be banished and shut down from everything because of something you did 20 years ago. You know, it's just, it's, it's crazy. It's the same behavior, but it's from different sides. Right. And, and, and also you're not the same version as of Sarah that you were even last month. That's right. You're you're growing. Yeah, we grow every day, we learn, we go through phases, um, and hopefully we put our best foot forward. I mean, I, I will admit that these past three years have been difficult, and I, I, I just finished, Sarah, after three years, you know, I made my film on George Floyd, but I just submitted my book after three years, because every day would be like, got to work on the book, got to work on the book, and I was stealing, you know, time here and there, yeah, and it's... Yeah. Three, three years. So now, you know, I'm going to, you know, pivot and allow myself to, to ask, like, what, what do you want me to do, God, or and also give myself a little bit of downtime. Um, because it's like the Heath Ledger effect. That book was, it was very dark, you know, yeah. and everyone had moved, yeah. moved on. But I was still dealing with with George Floyd. And then, then I realized, okay, well, you're not, you're not writing this for today. You're writing it for the future. You're a scribe. And this is going to be a cult classic because this is going to be just like, you know, 69 years later, we're still wondering what happened to JFK. Um, the truth, the truth, people will want to know the truth about this psyop that ushered in a color revolution. That's right. And they never got it. So it's good to have <laughs> people. Well, I have plenty of BS that's out there. And so it's it's good to have have a really good journalistic option to what, what really happened. So I always love these conversations with you. I think we open up and talk about a lot of things. Yeah. So listeners get a special uh, conversation here. So how, again, can they reach you? And it'll be so fun once that com- comes out too for people. They can get that book as well. Where can they reach you again? So people can buzz on over to MiriamHenane.com. I now have a Substack as well. And people can go to my website to book a consult. I have also the book on Tavistock that's only $5,000 on Amazon. They can get it as little as $5 in donation. I shared that, I shared that on my right? Substack with well, everybody. Thank you. You, hopefully you, you got more people that got that. It's a donation, but it's normally five it's grand and then get it for five <laughs> bucks by subscribing to you. And so I shared that with my Substack followers. So hopefully yeah. that helps because people yeah. want that information. Yeah, and I really am advising for people to educate themselves on Tavistock and uh, understand the Intel script writers, as I, I like to say. So yeah, people, I have a um, a show, a program that I'm still doing on Fridays called Truth Lives Here. 
um, I think tomorrow I, I have, tomorrow might be Clay, Clay Clark, or no, sorry, it's Dr. Braun that I've interviewed several times. I think he's a fascinating man. Do you do that so, once a week? I do that once a week. Uh, I'll see how much longer I can pull this off. But but yeah, people can check out the interviews once a week. And, and people can reach out to Miriam at honeycolony.com. They can buzz on over to honeycolony.com um, if they want um, silver or any of my offerings. And yeah, I love emails. Miriam at honeycolony.com. If anyone wants to ask me a question, I try to be interactive and and responsive with with people and yeah i'm i'm accessible what what am i working on now right now i'm working on a, a report regarding anthrax and just kind of going down memory lane of um you know months before the rona in july 2019 there was an odd spill at fort diedrich and then it shut down so i'm <clears throat> doing a doing that and what else? Yeah. And then I'm, but people I'm just have to keep their eye because you have, you're one of the few journalists that are just deep dive, really do good work. And there's so few of them left. So it, it I, I'm just, I really, yeah, you know, we talk, you know, there's also yeah. Corey digs. I mean, you, you guys remind yeah, me of just, just, there's a few out of there that course. really dig into stuff and do good work. And so I just, um, I just keep doing it. I hope I can keep Thank supporting you. you. And Thank we just, you, Sarah. we just go from there again, maryamhanine.com. Thank you so much for coming on the program. Thank you. I love you, Sarah. Thank you for having me. 